we're rolling. We are rolling. In person. You guys, this is a momentous occasion. It is. Why is it, why is it momentous? Tell us. We are doing an in-person recording of the Aunt Anne Clay Show. We are. We are. So, um, today's Friday. We normally record on Tuesdays. Um, today's Friday. You called me on Wednesday afternoon. Yes. I was at Costco, and you said, I need a huge favor. A huge favor. I need a huge, huge favor. favor. And I was thinking, like, I was thinking, like, Uncle Rob was out of town. The kids were, like, other places. You thought I needed a kidney. I thought you needed me to, like, drive to Kansas <laughs> City and, like, take you to the hospital or something. I thought, like, the wor- everybody, all your friends up there, like, were gone. I thought the worst was happening. And then you were, like, I was just envisioning that in my head. Right. And then you, and then you say, can you pick us up at the airport? At ten fifty, ten fifty five at night, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, that well. is a huge favor in my world. If That's I'm not it. in my PJs by four thirty p.m., there's something I, wrong with me. I feel you, I right? Feel you. But yeah, I was like, oh, that's it. Okay, cool. So yeah, yeah so went and went and picked you and, and the boys up, picked you and the twins up at the airport. Uh, oh, had a police officer that did not understand the rules, which okay, tends, you guys tends to happen. Okay, I know. Police are just doing the best they can, especially at the airport. It's, it's crazy yeah. town out no there. No one wants to be. I, I did have some empathy for this dude. No one wants to be working the airport shift in Little Rock, Arkansas at 11 p.m. But he was, he was a little intense about keeping that lane clear. But, He's oh, well. Throwing his little flashlight in people's eyes. And also, well, what happened was there was a sign. What had happened? What had happened was there was a sign that said passenger loading only and i was there to load up some passengers the th- myself the and the you. two boys yes yourself and the twins and uh i explained that to him and he goes okay cool walks off and then comes back and says i just told you to leave <laughs> Why and i was like moving? no you told me i told you i was here to load passengers and then he uh, he goes, yeah, but you need to leave. And I was like, but the sign. And he's like, I don't care what the sign says. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I had to drive all the way in a circle, pick you up. And then he still wouldn't let us park after I picked you up. So then we had to wait on the – we had to take another lap and wait for the twins to come out. It was a whole thing. It was just a whole deal. But this anyway, is a whole deal. we're here. We're here. We made it. We're here. We're going to celebrate um, my boy's – birthday weekend yes. this weekend and we're friends. thankful we're gonna visit some family and um yeah so yeah and, and we get to and do we're a recording. podcast yeah like in, in so person. awesome in person we're in my high register for a second I'm yeah. sorry y'all That's probably hurt some dog's ear or something <laughs> casey did leave the room <laughs> yeah, when, you did, when you did casey that just, <laughs> she, she said yeah, no nah. hi girl anyway all right what are we talking about today okay today we're talking about the very <laughs> <laughs> Downer, Born in Gaza. You guys uh, don't do this if you're already depressed. Do not watch Born in Gaza. I don't recommend it. Listen, all the documentaries we watch are very sad. None of them are like uplifting in any way. But this one, this one hit different. It, this one hits different, you guys. This one hit different, and I was gonna, I was gonna open up the podcast by screaming "Free Palestine," um, but one, I felt like that would give away our biases. A little, a little bit too early, and second, uh, this is just too sad. Like oh, oh. Uh, so okay, so the format of this documentary is unique. 
Um, I really appreciated it. So pretty much what they're doing is they're interviewing Palestinian children who have either lost loved ones uh, to the Israeli government's violence or have been hit themselves. And I knew, like, all right, like coming into this, I knew, like, Israel as a nation would do some shitty stuff. But I did not know the, like, true extent of it. And also, let's, let, let me preface by saying this. I have personally been called anti-Semitic for being critical of Israel as a nation oh, state. Oh, my gosh. By, by multiple people. <laughs> this so, is not, okay, this is not even yeah, about we, that. This we, is, yeah, this is uh, we should establish, political. Yeah, this is not, you can, I, I, would, I would hope everybody would be against apartheid South Africa. But that does not mean you hate all white people. Like, it's very, like, you can hate a government in a nation state is different than an entire race of people and, or an entire religion of people, and in this case, both. Um, and I think it's also important to note, like, there's a considerable amount of the Jewish community that is very much anti Israel as a nation state as there. I don't think they're opposed to having a nation of Israel, but the way that the nation of Israel acts right now Ugh. does not fly with people. So so Born in Gaza basically covers the t- 2014 Israel offensive against Gaza, um, where 506 children were killed and nearly 3,600 children. I mean... Minus two. I mean, I say yeah. nearly 3,600 because it was literally. It was like 2,998 or like, it was more than that. I'm bad yeah. with numbers. It I was. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. Thousands yeah. of kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, literally just darn near 3,600 kids um, yeah. maimed and wounded um, in that offensive. And when I say it was offensive, it was like an aerial offense. Oh, you just got to keep the mic close to your Oh, mouth. sorry. My bad. Yeah you, um, yeah, you guys, this is just going to be a weird thing for me doing this live because I'm using a handheld mic yeah. today and, uh, you know, learning new things. Yeah. So, um, oh, so straight out of the gate in my notes, I just wrote in giant bold letters, kids, kids. Yeah. It's all these it's kids. All children. And I'm like, I can't even think. I mean, nobody's thinking about this when they're just like dropping mm-hmm. Bombs on kids. Like who? Like a all. There's a all girls like UN school that got bombed by like Israel directly. Like there, some kids were on the beach. Oh, we're gonna get to all. We're gonna get to. We're gonna 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 meander through it. So it it starts out with this kid named Muhammad who was just like collecting, um, recycling from a landfill, and he um, with this horse-drawn carriage, and he just explains what life was like. Um, living in war, that all your loved ones die every two years. Um, very limited opportunities are cut off economically by land and by sea. And he had to quit school, and he collects plastic. Um, oh, sugar! I meant to cl- I meant to look up what five shekels is worth. Yeah, he the the translator. So um, this documentary is completely subtitled. Oh so yeah, that's the, the other thing, the, you guys. The, be the subtitle. Yeah. So if you're gonna watch this, you have to really like watch and read and pay attention. Um, yeah, this kid kept referring to money as shekels. I don't know what the, their right, currency the is. Rate. 
over there. Um, I feel like they just translated it to shekels because there wasn't like an English word for it. That's my guess. I wanted to see what that what that was about, but oh my gosh, this sickened me. He said sometimes we find bombs. Oh, yeah. My gosh, and it was just like you know, reminded me of like you know that this is across the world though. You know, like Princess Diana was a big thing about the landmines and you know making sure she had a a huge influence on Mm -hmm. on that effort. But um, just to be careful that he said because sometimes they they haven't exploded yet. Yeah, (laughs) I was thinking this is little kid. They didn't really identify his age, but it looked like he's about twelve. What would you say? I would say I was going to say middle school. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's just a kid, you guys, and he's he's searching, and he made this big point about finding a megaphone. Yeah, that he sold for fifty shekels. I was like, that's what I would get for like ten days of work. So he was like, I was very fortunate to find this old megaphone in the trash. Which I mean, first off, like, okay, listen. I know we like shit on America a lot on this podcast. We like we are very critical, but we have it so good here. It's it's just it's it's a really interesting dynamic for me because as I get older, we're gonna get into more of this specifically in this podcast, I think. But as I get older, I learn like more about our government's workings and dealings and like how they treat other people across the world and I, it's just so disappointing and so frustrating but like at the same time like so we're so fortunate to like right. live here it's just, it's just such a weird conundrum for me because like i mean i hate the way our country treats people overseas and here uh as you guys heard on on our coverage of the 13th but like there's so many mixed emotions you know, like, it's, I'm so grateful that, like, I live here and, like, I, I've never had to go to bed hungry. I've never had right. to worry about clothes. I've never had to worry about, like, right. mon- like, we're, like, we're not even, like, super well off. Like, we're not, like, necessarily But we're so much wealthy, better off than the like, rest of the I world. I just live so much more comfortably than mm. everybody else. So, like, you, you want to be, like, super glad and super grateful for that. All the opportunities were afforded because of that priv- privilege. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. But at the same time, like, you see, like, uh, you know, those uh, those uh, missiles getting dropped on Palestinian kids are being bought with uh, money that the U.S. government gave Israel. So, well, you, you know, you just kind of, it's just such a weird feeling for Yeah. Me. It is for sure, and I felt I honestly felt pretty. This is a super churchy word, but I felt convicted um, watching this because I, you know, I get super stressed out. Yeah, I just I feel like you know I've just got stuff. We all do. We all have stuff going and get overwhelmed with our lives and yeah. st- you know issues. And I watched this and I was like, oh. My life is a pipe dream. Yeah. God, oh, God is so good. I have it so, so good. So good. So good. These poor, poor kids. These poor kids. Yeah. And, well, I, I think, too, like, we don't feel bad for ourselves. Like, I, I think, like, I, I, I think there's this of the, like, ultra right-wing conservative people who, like, 
think that, like, I've heard the verbiage used, like, oh, you hate America, like, blah, 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 blah. It's like, we're not, we're not upset for ourselves that we're in this situation. We're upset that the government that we live under is responsible for other people living in a worse situation than we are. When in the Constitution, it's like, liberty and justice for all, and all men are created equal. You mean here in America? Yeah, like here in America. Yeah. Like when people, when people hit me with the like, oh, you just hate America line and, no, and everything. I don't. They're coming at it from a point of like, I hate America because I X, Y, Z. I don't have this. But it's really like I, I'm, my frustration with America as a nation comes from the way that like our our country treats other people mm, yeah. you know and facilitate not even di- in this case not even directly treating other people just facilitates financially militarily oh, sure. socially the tr- poor treatment of other people okay so, right yeah so uh so the doc notes that 80 percent of the um Population in Gaza relies on humanitarian. Hey, you gotta, you gotta really like. Oh, keep my bad. The mic. My you bad. gotta really like keep it right in front of your face. Eighty percent of the Gazan population relies on humanitarian aid to survive, and um, unemployment has increased fourfold in the past two decades. And I just wrote, you think? Yeah, obviously. Think? Yeah, duh. Um, the entire place. I cannot explain this. The entire. Entire place had been blown to smithereens. The closest thing I can think of to explain it was Joplin, Missouri, after the tornadoes. Like, but however, however, it was more like brick and mortar in 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 a desert scenery. Yeah, it was like concrete and rubble and sun and heat. Very dystopian. Yes, yes, it was like post-apocalyptic looking. Yeah. It was so sad. Oh, crazy. Oh, yeah. Uh, but this is just reality. So then they introduce us to a kid named Uday, whose dad had a soft drink factory, and it was bombed. He's just climbing through the rubble and crying, talking about how much he loved his brother who was killed in the bombings. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Sickening. And the soda factory was also, like, where they lived. Yes, so they lived like, there. It's literally, it's not even militarily strategic to bomb a soda factory. Like, that, they're, like, Israel, like, let's say this was a war and not a completely one-sided conflict. What advantage, what, what like, tactical advantage do you have by bombing a soda factory? They're not making weapons. They're not making bombs. They're making soda. Right. Like, where, what, what's the deal here? It's because they hate brown people. Like, uh, that's literally all it comes well, down to. No, no, it's not what it comes down to. It comes up, down to control. Yeah, well, it comes the, down to control of Palestine yeah. because they want. It's like a land grab. They want more control of this piece of land. Yeah, but Israel who, wants Palestine. Who, who lives in the? Who lives in that land? Brown people. I really don't think that it's about their faith. Honestly. No, I'm, I'm saying it's like a I'm I'm saying it's a hundred percent a race thing because here's the deal. You if do? They, oh yeah, a hundred percent. If they were if they were lighter skin, like they're so welcoming over there, 
of like other Europeans or like Americans go over there all the time. But like where they really draw the line is when people from like Egypt or like Jordan or like surrounding countries come into Palestine, that's when the Israeli government kind of like ups the ante a little bit. Well, I don't think it's, I don't, well, I don't think it started that way. No, I, and, and I don't think it, I watched a video. We'll, we'll link it in the, in the notes. I watched a video on Vox. Okay. Um, from Vox News on YouTube, kind of out giving like a very. Which Vox is a very, I mean, that's a pretty yeah. reputable. Um, and I'm saying Vox with a V. V. Not v. Vox with an X. Cause we don't, we don't play that game here, but, um, they kind of loosely outlined the whole conflict mm-hmm. kind of like loosely gave out. Yeah. Cause everything. people want to say that this has been going on for oh, centuries yeah. and it's and not, it, it's just like it the 1940s. Yeah. Well, yeah. So like, um, so obviously the Palestinian people, um, have been living there for centuries, centuries. Yeah. Actually. Well, and, but and they've everybody been, has yeah. like that. It's, that's the thing is like Jerusalem, such They've an important been city. Pleasantly and, like, coexisting for cri- centuries. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, like Christianity, um, and like there, and that's the other. We're say I'm. I want to save this till the end, but a little foreshadowing. There is a significant number of Christians that are Palestinian that live in Palestine. That's like one of the oldest Christian communities is living in Palestine. But we're gonna we're gonna get to that later. But it's like Christians. Um, Jewish communities and like people, Muslims, like people practicing Islam, all kind of have historical ties to Jerusalem. And so, like, up until, you know, about World War II, like, everybody was chill. And it wasn't until the UN came in and, like, tried to draw borders and separate things um, that, that it really, like, started to get bad so well there's a whole lot of, i mean that's a whole geopolitical conversation yeah, and the, and we're very yeah, much simplifying a, it's a, that it's very complex and we're not gonna like even touch like dip our toe into the surface and like this hour-long podcast <laughs> like that it's just such a yeah. complex issue that we can't cover it you know what i was really impressed with how what? these kids understand it yeah oh my god they say it's just a complicated situation yeah. so many of them said it's just a complicated situation and they don't see any end to it but you know what bugs me tell me i'm gonna tell you tell me the u.s support of israel in this i'm like do y'all understand i feel like the united states just blindly supports Israel without really understanding the ramifications on Palestine mm. because there is such, and we're going to, you guys, we're going back to the evangelical base. We're, we're heading back there. I'm sorry. We just always go back to the yep. evangelicals, but that's just the way to, the evangelies. We're just going to call them the jellies from now on. The jellies. We're going okay. the jellies. All we're right. going jelly town. Let it be known. Uh, let it be known. We're going to jelly town. Um, the jellies, want to support Israel because of prophecy. That yeah. that is where the second coming is going to happen. Yeah. And I, here's my thing about it. You guys, God is not going to fall off his throne. He doesn't need your help. No, he doesn't. And here's, and this is what is also like weird to me. You know what? We're going to, we're going to jump right into it. I know I mentioned like literally 90 seconds. Ago. 
But you're like, like, wait for it. Wait thirty these, seconds some for of it. The oldest like Christian communities in the world are like in Palestine. Like that is where Jesus lived. Like in that part of the world. So like, it's Bethlehem and Palestine. Sorry, think, I'm a moron. I don't. I don't know. I've I've actually never looked into that. No, I'm sorry. But anyways, um, like some of the oldest Christian communities are in Palestine, and so you would think the evangelical right in America, who's all about like Christianity, Christianity like we want to see Christianity, would take the side of the Christians living in Palestine being oppressed by the right. Israeli government. And you think that they would, they would be like, oh, hey, Christians are being mistreated. We have to do something about it. Or let- that, that's how it is in China. That's how it is all, of, all over the world. Africa, anytime there is like active Christian persecution across the world... Like, people think critical race theory being taught in elementary schools, which doesn't happen because critical race theory is, like, a complicated issue that you don't even start to really get into until, like, upper undergrad and graduate school. Why would we do that to people? Just yeah. makes them feel guilty, people, Clay. People, people, Why would you do that to somebody? I'm sorry. That just makes white kids feel guilty about being white. Why? Right. My bad. My bad. Don't do that I to people. That. I shouldn't do that. That's super tongue-in-cheek. But... Clay. <laughs> yes, but like my my point is is like people like Christians in America will see like teaching critical race theory. I've seen teaching critical race theory be like referred to as Christian persecution by people on Facebook when there's tangible like Christian help. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know. Apparently, critical race theory is anti like antithetical to the gospel. I've heard that too, but, but I don't not. understand and it. Here's the deal. If you actually read, we're, why are we getting into critical race no, Let's not. Let's not. But I, I feel like we're already down this road. Okay. Okay. Right so, quick. But I don't understand that argument at all. I don't all. either. Because listen, listen, kids. Teaching the truth is the truth. Critical race theory, all critical race theory is, is a, is a legal academic theory developed by professors at Harvard Law in the 1970s to explain why the U.S. government was built on white supremacy, which it is. It says nothing about any, like, mainstream religion. It says nothing, like, the bare bones, like, the OG critical race theory publishing say nothing about, like, Jesus Christ or the gospel or religions. It's a legal theory that's specifically applied to the American justice system. And, and the it's American accurate. Government. And it's yeah, and it's accurate. Like that's the thing is like it's not wrong. So so anyways, but yeah, enough, it, that, none of that. that. I've heard that, but it doesn't make any no, sense in my mind. I'm people, like, it's super it's true. Hungry. People don't understand it, so they you're gonna you're always gonna be afraid of what you don't understand. Okay, true. And but so, you know what else? Proximity breeds understanding. Yeah. Like the people that I I challenge it. People who are arguing that and fearful of that. I just want to say, how many friends or uh, close acquaintances do you have that are of color? I just mm. want to just challenge that and say, tell how me many, that. And, and not only that, I would take it a step further and I would say, how many friends of color do you have that disagree with your innate opinion? Because here's the deal. People will use like a figure like oh, Candace, Candace Owens, Owens. <laughs> or like <laughs> that's, that's their Sheriff, <laughs> Sheriff 
whatever that dude in Milwaukee is. Oh, like, my god! I, I don't even know his name. The dude in the cowboy hat. But well, they'll, they'll use confirmation that. bias. Yeah, they'll use that as confirmation bias to be like, okay, well, they're a person of color and they agree with me. So, therefore, like, all people of color Tim must Scott. be wrong. Tim Scott, who yeah. they'll call Rick Scott. Oh, man. Oh, listen. <laughs> I, saw, I saw an awesome Tim Scott compilation where he, he says, like, systemic racism doesn't exist. And then, but then they cut to a bunch of clips of him in press conferences, like in years past, like acknowledging like systemic racism and saying like how he's been directly affected of it, but he knows he's not going to catch this uh, paycheck from the conservative right if he if he like does that too often. So uh, it was great. Right. But back to back, back to, to Gaza. Oh my gosh, we got it. We we, we got yeah. But like my yeah, my point in all that being is like there are Christians being persecuted by the Israeli government and American evangelicals um, who are very quick to call persecution out in other parts of the world uh, seem to not give a shit. So, here. right, if, if we're going to be so saving lives... Oh, okay, start again, saving lives. If we're going to be so concerned about saving lives and protesting about being pro-life, like, let's be pro-life, you guys, and let's not bomb, Yeah. like, all these... Innocent yeah, kids. Yeah, saving children. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here literally getting a stomach ache. Yeah, like literally getting a stomach ache yeah. thinking about all these little Again, kids. Yeah, it goes back to being pro-life. It's like you know, it, this is Israel advancing on Palestine, bombing schools, bombing parks where children's play. Like that is not a pro-life issue, but it's the quote-unquote pro-life crowd that always goes out of their way to support Israel. So just, I mean, we have drilled down on this significantly, mm. but um, these kids, they were counting on a ceasefire, and, but instead they just got missiles drilled into their homes and their schools. Schools. They didn't schools. feel, schools, they didn't feel it's safe. It's school. So, uh, I mean, and they go through them, I mean, one at a time, um, multiple, multiple different scenarios. One girl was like at her house and, and started running from her house and then woke up with her guts hanging out. She like tells this story and then how she spent multiple days in the ICU. Another kid, his dad was an ambulance driver and picked up a family of seven only to get the, only to have the ambulance he was driving blown up with yeah. seven people in it. Yep. Like, he was trying to be a hero. And I mean, he, he was, yeah. Oh, 100%. Sickening. And, and listen, there's a, there's also 100% chance if roles were reversed. And, like, let's say, like, Egypt or, Pal like, just a surrounding nation started bombing Israeli schools, started bombing, like, blowing up Israeli ambulances, shooting rubber bullets at Israeli children the world would be outraged on fire. Oh my gosh. It would be oh, you I don't understand why it. we're letting this happen. I just I'm, can't I'm it's so you, sickening. It's because they're brown. It's because they're it's because it's brown people. I'm telling you, I'm a hundred percent. The land like you said earlier, I think the land is part of it. But I I really believe like a big part of it is because they're brown. And I think uh, I think you're you're probably right to yeah. some degree. I also think it has a lot to do with the freaking evangelical base of the United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the it's so ridiculous. Base in the United States doesn't care about brown people. 
it's so upsetting. Here's the other deal, too. Uh, People will, like, try to justify it by, like, saying Hamas this, Hamas that. Hamas is, like, a not... Hamas does not have, like... They're not launching missiles from battleships. No, they're launching offshore. missiles from their shoulder to de- to defend their land because, because nobody else is. Yeah, because people are encroaching on their land. And, like, that's, like, I love how, like, just the Second Amendment crowd is just, like, so, like, I would defend this land with my life. Yeah, so is Hamas. I would, yeah, it's like, bro, that's the same thing. Like, people are settling on their land illegally. Y'all get mad when there are illegal immigrants who are just coming here to work hard and mind their own business. Right. Like, you compare... It's so much worse. And you don't... It's just, again, it's just consistency. Like, conservative politics have no consistency. Right. And this is, this is well, why... Well, we, they, they do in this... Th- they're very self-centered. Uh, okay. Me and my yeah. Ford, no more. Uh huh. That's that, very I, consistent. That's on facts. Yeah. That's on facts. Another thing that's very... I was wrong. I apologize. Conservative yeah, thank politics. Another thing that conservative politics are very consistent at is being inconsistent. Huh. Okay. So, there you go. I, yeah. Did you see the one about the, the soccer kids? that they exi- Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They're playing so, soccer. So eight kids go out to play soccer, four kids come back. Yep. The end. You want to know why? Because there's an Israeli battleship offshore Offshore, on the beach shooting shooting missiles missiles at at the the kids. Where kids are playing soccer. And you see this horrible, horrible, uh, I mean, there's, there's video of it and there, there are men on the, on the shore screaming, they're children, they're just children, stop, they're just children. And the four in their cousins, like they're just yeah, it's a it's a family, and they all slept together. They take them back to their apartment, and they say, "This is where he slept." This oh is where my gosh! He slept. Oh and my gosh! Like these kids, you can see it in their faces. Like I, Ashton and I were watching this oh, together. Gosh. Like they not a first children. date. They're not the a body. first date. This yeah, that's another <laughs> thing we talked. <laughs> Last night we were like, you should not go. Like imagine what this is in theaters. You know, like Born in Gaza. Like that sounds like a really cool like action movie. And then you go like take somebody on a date. Like no early in a relationship. Kind of, Major kind of, whiff. Kind Don't of do funny. that. But anyways, but like these kids. Um, Ashton and I were talking about like these kids have the bodies of children, obviously. Like, when they talk about this stuff, they sound like like grown men. Like, you can see it in their face that they've been through so much. Seeing your cousin get blown up by a missile Mm -mm. while you're playing soccer on the beach and you're all in elementary school. Mm -mm. Oh, my gosh. Mm -mm. That's so disgusting. Mm -mm. It's sickening. Like, there's not... This is not Israel defending itself against these are children trying to go to school trying to like work in their family's factories trying to do kids stuff that kids do and they can't even do that no no and one kid was he was quoted as saying that he was i just want to go to school yeah but i can't i just want to be a kid i just want to go to school like 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 everybody else around the world but i can't go i can't even sit in school without fear of a missile coming in and I'm like, a missile. 
Like this isn't a like fucking missile. A in missile a in a school. And another girl was like, "I thought we were safe here because it was the UN." It was a UN school. They bombed a UN school. What the United Nations do about it? One of their schools got blown up by Israel. A member of the United Nations. What'd they do? Nothing. They did nothing. Like, this is all super disturbing. Oh. It's so upsetting. And the they were talking about the number of kids that needed um, psychological help. I'm like... Uh, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Of course. Yeah. All these kids they, got PTSD. They all have such horrible PTSD. Horrible PTSD. And I mean, we think that we are understaffed for oh, <laughs> my gosh. pediatric psychologists. Yeah. Uh, try living in Palestine. Yeah. Holy cow. Man. Like, oh, my word. Um, so three months after the bombing, um, like that'd be like November 2014. They're, like they show like these bustling streets. Like they're they're like a version of commerce is returning yeah. a little bit. But then they show these kids and they're like, no one's coming to help us. No yeah. one's coming. Nah. Like they say, everybody's say like Hamas is saying there's help on the way. Uh, but the UN, the UN is saying they're, they're helping, helping the but they're nobody's helping. Yeah, one kid was like, "They'll they'll come take your email and your they phone take your information, and they say they're gonna send stuff over, and they never nobody's do. coming." And that's their reality. That's yep. their existence, and they know it. Yeah, like they're not even getting their hopes up. Right, right. And we meet this little girl, Basan, um, who her parents were killed. Mm-hmm. Both of her parents died, and she is the same age as her niece. It was one of those weird family dynamics where her brother is like a lot older than her, and so she has a niece that's exactly her age. So she went to go live with her older brother and his family. And you remember that little girl? Yeah. And um, I love this scene at the end where she goes for a follow up with her doctor, and um, he's checking her out, and she he tries to take her well, bandage off. And now the first time we see this girl, her entire head's wrapped up. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so, she has her bandage. Yeah, so she also wasn't a victim, right, of Israeli violence. But at the very yeah. end, when she's at her follow up, and the doctor is like trying to take the bandage off her forehead, and and uh, and she's like giving the doctor shade. And he's like, oh, you do it. Fine, girl. Fine. Do it yourself. And so she like <laughs> pulls off her bandage and he's like trying to explain that she's like at risk for like corneal abrasion because mm-hmm. her eyelid won't close. So she's going to have to have a surgery to close her freaking eye because a bomb blew up her face and uh, killed her parents. Her brother had to go live with the grandparents because her, um, her older brother couldn't support two kids, I guess. And, um, so her whole life has been disrupted. It's yeah. so sad. She doesn't even like to talk about it. Um, but is she, he's like, okay, are we good? Are we good? And uh, she's going ha- to have to see a plastics person, which I thought, well, at least there's some like silver lining. Like she, <laughs> at least they're on point about like keeping yeah. sweet little Bassan looking good. Yeah. Like I'm like, I love the medical community, like yeah. straight up. So um, she slaps the doctor five. I'm like, that is so, so cute. So adorable. She is so, so stinking cute. But um, that was one of the happiest parts of the yeah. whole thing. But that's when they said um, that she's going to, he said she needs a plastics consult and a psych consult for PTSD. And mm-hmm. I said, along with 400,000 other kids. Yeah. 400,000. 
kids. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's just so it's so crazy that. Yeah, the like, all, literally, like you said, all it comes down to, is like land, and I believe because they're brown. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just people are willing to just go after kids, man. Well, I would just like to see um, the U.S. I would like to see evangelical Christians take a step back on this whole thing and just go, what are we doing? What are we supporting exactly when we are like being pro-Israel? Being so Israeli flags in our yard. Right. Being so staunchly pro-Israel. Yeah. Um, And everyone gets so stinking up in arms when anyone says, but what about Palestine? Like, and what about peace in the Middle East and people going, well, that's never going to happen. It hasn't happened for thousands of years. That's, that's not, not true. true. That's not true. It, 1940s, y'all. Like, that is not true. Like, just, it's not true. That's a that's a soundbite. Saying it hasn't happened for thousands of years is a soundbite. Like, just take a breath and know that it's possible and know that Prophecy is going to, like, if you are a true believer in prophecy, like, just put your money where your mouth is and take a step back and let God do his job and you stay in your lane. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. And just, like, again, like, I just, I want to go back to, like, Christians in Palestine again. Like, it's just, like, Christians are just so quick. To just jump on, like, persecution anywhere. Anywhere in the world, Christians are actively being, like, targeted and persecuted. Except for here. It's weird, Because politics. Because people put their politics over their faith. And it shouldn't shouldn't even just be Christian persecution. It should be any time people are persecuted for religion, race, gender sexual orientation, anything, anytime anybody is being persecuted for anything, they cannot change about themselves. Anything about the way God made them. Like, right. Yeah. And I mean, I guess brings up another good point is, um, China bringing back the concentration camps for (laughs) Muslims, the, the, eager Muslims. Are we going to talk about China now? Yeah, we we got time. <laughs> I mean, like, we ripped through that so quick. I'm looking at the clock right now. We're at 38 minutes before I edited. So, like, yeah, like, China, mass incarceration of uh, people in Western China that practice Islam. And, um, yeah, like, I just, again, the Christian community does not care. Because it's not Christian. It's any time any time a white missionary goes anywhere and gets killed, whole world set on fire, martyrdom, like everything. But when it's literally tens of thousands of people practicing another religion, being genocided at once, nothing. There's not. It's just so inconsistent. I want to break my microphone right now. Like it's it's not an expensive microphone, so well I get it then go for it. Like just break it, dude. <sighs> nah, hell no. I've been trying to figure out other ways to like channel my anger out through. You that. need a punching bag. I do, I do. I'll put some holes in some drywall that day. 
Ooh. That's time. You definitely need a punching bag then. Yeah, I do. Ooh. I do. Um, I do. But well, anyways. I really do. I I mean, my my straight up feeling on it is that people need to just stay in their lane and let God do his work. Yeah. Absolutely. And but, and, but also we need to do our work, which is actively Yeah. Actively defend and, and shine light on. And shine light on shine light on the injustice and, and actively defend um those who cannot defend themselves. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. I mean that's 100%. this is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it comes to a point. And as far as like your thing about like the prophecy and whatever, I mean listen, like I I grew up like growing up in the evangelical like conservative evangelical church like you know like the little song like my god is so big right so strong and so, so mighty. mighty people do not act like they serve an all-powerful god right they think the, if they don't the, help god god ain't gonna do it evangelicals do not act like they serve an all-powerful right god they think if they don't help do god anything. god ain't gonna yeah. do it they yeah like god yeah they better help uh, boy let me tell you so, anyways, okay. Well, this has been a short episode of. I'm. I'm just gonna be show. honest. Like, I'm end this one on a bad note. We gotta. We gotta go have lunch with my mom for her birthday now, <laughs> and I'm just not in the mood. I'm like really. We gotta talk about angry. something fun, or like my stomach's gonna eat itself from we, the inside out. We. Uh, yeah. This one was rough, you guys. I mean, watch with caution. Not a great experience. Make sure you're in a good place mentally. I'm just saying, but... Before you watch it. We're thankful that you're here to listen to these complicated issues. And um, we love you guys. Yeah. And God loves you. And God loves you. Casey's with us. Casey, do you have anything to say? Casey, girl, you got anything? Oh, she just opened her little peepers. She just opened her eyes. Casey, you want to say anything? Otherwise, she's just chilling. Nothing. Okay, she's tired. She apparently uh, yelling is soothing. Casey to her. is Clay's dog, y'all. By the way, she's, not not human. She's my, but definitely she is sweet. my child. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. I didn't. I didn't under this. This is gonna make me feel better. I did not. My stomach's feeling better already. Okay, good, 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 good. This I did not. Now we're under, back to our privileged life. I, yeah, uh, we just <laughs> we're like Palestine's wow. way over there. My skin's getting whiter. Oh, no doubt. Mine too. Relax. Oh, man. Wow. Okay. Um, I did not understand, like, people who just obsess over their dogs and, like, are all, like, you know, like, obviously, she's not a real child. Like, a vet... A veterinarian is much. This is less how you're proving how white you are. Just talking about your dog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just got to reinforce my uh-huh. whiteness right. and my privilege mm-hmm. to all of our listeners. Sure. Like, I freaking love her. I would do just about anything for, for that little creature. She is precious. That little snuggle bundle over there. She give me she the side I'm, eye. She knows I'm talking about her. You do. You know I'm talking about you, little <laughs> potato. But yeah, like I, I never had a dog before, and so like we, we always grew up. We had cats growing up. Oh, big stretches. 
Oh, we're going to roll well, cats around. cats are lower maintenance. There we go. Yeah, and cats are, like, super independent. Right. So you don't feel like they need you. Right. You know? She... Dogs are more loyal. Oh, she's waking me up every morning. Mm-hmm. Like, she, she's, she needs, like... She needs the snuggles. She needs the pet. She needs you to know that you love her. Mm-hmm. And so she'll, like, reciprocate mm-hmm. immediately. Dogs are the best. They kind of are. They really kind of are. She's the best. I know. Wow. I really resisted getting a dog. Um, yeah? Because Oh, for I sure. Oh, yeah. DJ really wanted a dog for a long time. Which, and, wait, who'd y'all get for his Violet? No, we get? had a dog for a long, okay. uh, first that uh, sadly passed. Okay. Um I don't remember that dog. That dog was named Freckles, and it died. Okay, I don't remember Freckles. Uh, he died. Sad. It was a sad sitch. Anyway, um, but then we got Violet as a puppy. Like, okay, yeah, so y'all a little baby Violet dog. Yeah, yeah, while, yeah. And then we and then we got Smitty. They were both rescue dogs. Anyway, yeah. also that's another thing. Rescue dogs. They're super loyal. The vibe. Oh, yeah, for sure. She homegirl homegirl Casey. She she's seen some things. <laughs> I can tell she's she's been through the ringer, just like the way she acts. Hey, and I'll say that listen, she's we'll little, promote she's, some rescue dogs here at the end of my set. Uh, she will attack you if you bust up in here uninvited. Oh, dude, she is not playing it. So Brock, our dogs will so, go crazy. So my brother Brock, who zero percent chance he listens to this podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. And if he does, he probably just listens like the first fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, that's how our family episode. members do. They're like, I listen to the first yeah. twenty minutes. So he's not listening by this point. But he, the room we're in, we're in my studio right now, and he had his TV, like set up in here, uh, with his like surround sound and everything. So he'd just come up here and watch movies, and he came up without telling us one night, and we had our bedroom door open, and he's he's a pretty, he's like six four, super lanky dude. Super lanky figure just emerges out of the. He's like Slenderman. Yeah, she lost it. She went ballistic. It was awesome. And then, like, as soon as she like smelled him, she like realized it was him and like rolled over and was like doing a little thing for him. Um, and he like he like bent over and like gave her some scratches, but like she like we used to live in a pretty rough apartment complex in Fayetteville. And knowing, like, if any of those meth heads ever, like, busted up into our apartment, it would have been over with. She's like, it's She's on, meth head. not playing we'll games. Get you. And I'm very happy about that. Yeah. So, okay. Well, this has been Born in Gaza, Dan and Clay Show. Um, your day probably took a turn for the worst while listening to this. Very sorry about that. We started our day out like this, so it can only go up from here. (laughs) Yeah, it's like 9 in the morning, so (laughs) this is how we started it off. But go do something fun. Spend time with people you love. Uh, We love you. God loves you. And uh, free Palestine. Absolutely. Free Palestine.